Welcome to Sounds from the Shells. I'm Mika. I'm Sarah. And I'm Lee. And today, we're going to talk to you about doing at-home story times. Woohoo! So we've got two guests with us to talk about this today, Susan Spicer and Tammy Austin. Would the two of you like to introduce yourselves? So my name's Tammy Austin, and I work for the Early Learning Department here at the County Library. I love doing story times. Before I was a librarian, I was an elementary school teacher. Um, in my free time, I like to read, of course, from the library, and I do a lot of yoga, and I'm excited to be here. If you've watched any of our online yoga story times, chances are they're Tammy. <laughs> I'm Susan, and I work with early learning as well. And I've been with the library system for about 20 years and just love little kiddos and their families. All right, well, let's jump into it. So we're going to start. What advice do you have for a caregiver who wants to do at-home story times? How would they get started? What might they do? Well, the first thing, of course, is to get a library card <laughs> and uh, visit the library and find awesome stories that you like. It's really hard to read stories well if it's not a story that you like. And, um, and then also stories that your kiddo is interested in. And then just remember that if your kiddo isn't having fun, it's totally okay to close the book and try it again later. I used to do that during when I used to do story times and like, you know, I try to get at least three books in and sometimes depending on the kids, I'd get through the second book and go, you know what, let's have a dance party. Let's, let's shake these wiggles out and just have fun with each other. And I think that's okay. It's completely okay to do that. It is. Yeah. The, one of the first things I think you have to learn doing story times is it's perfectly fine to throw all your plans out the window and do something else. <laughs> So I think a lot of the goal is uh, to have fun and to help kiddos get ready for school um, and to get ready to read. So anything you do along those lines is beneficial and counts. So not just reading, that's just a piece of it. So sing songs with your kiddo, dance, play, get out art materials, let them scribble and draw. All of those things are components of a story time and will help get your kiddo ready for school. I actually kind of miss, um, so I used to be children's and then I went to teen, and I sort of miss the story times, mainly because as an adult, we don't give ourselves enough time to play and explore, mm -hmm. and that every week that gave me a chance to do that, and the kids were always like, it was always this like amazement and wonder, and I'm like, I want to remember to do that all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. So I think not only is this beneficial for the kids, but it's also beneficial for the adults that do that with the kids. Yeah. For sure. Mr. Rogers talked about play being the work of children, mm -hmm. and um, it's so true, but it's also so joyful. So, yeah, mm -hmm. playing is really important and having fun and demonstrating that you love books and that you like um, spending that time with your kiddos. Um, reading stories is a great way to bond with your kiddos as well. And you can start reading stories right from birth, in fact, before birth, if you'd like. So, um, 
And even older kids still absolutely love having a story read to them. So. I would read to my kids until they got up to about 14 and then they were done. So, but I mean, that's quite a long time. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd read all kinds of stuff because it was sort of like they wanted to spend time, but maybe they didn't really want to talk to you because they were a teenager. So it, it worked for many, many years. Mm-hmm. My son has just reached the stage. So he, he just turned three. His very favorite book in the whole wide world right now is The Very Hungry Caterpillar. And he's memorized it. Yes. So he won't let me read it to him anymore. He has to read it to me. Very awesome. It is one of the most proud things of my life. I just like sit there and I'm like, okay, you read it. And he's like, okay. Yeah. And I light it a moon. <laughs> and it's adorable. <laughs> when my daughter was little, she loved this um, very scary book by Stephen Kellogg, Jack and the Beanstalk. The illustrations are terrifying. And she went through a stage where we had to read it every day, every uh-huh. day. And I would be a little bit tired, and I would try to skip pages. I'm so sorry. Confess <laughs> that. And she would be like, you forgot the whole part about. And then she'd recite the whole page. And, uh, yeah, so I could never cheat when she had that memorized. It's true. The only thing he doesn't get right is the days of the week. <laughs> that seems perfectly developmentally perfect. So it's like Monday, and then he tries to do Thursday. Yeah. And I'll be like, no, no, Tuesday. And he's like, Thursday. <laughs> and then he... We all want to skip to Thursday. I know. <laughs> and it's 50-50 on whether he gets Wednesday. But then he knows Thursday is also Thursday, so he'll do Thursday twice. Nice. And then he gets Friday. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, and think about when he is off to school, and they are the first day of kindergarten. The kiddos are are sitting crisscross applesauce, and they're doing the calendar, and he already knows the days of the week. That is such a great point of pride for him, mm-hmm. and a huge success. So good job, mom. Yes. Yay. I'm winning at one thing at least. <laughs> Next, we wanted to ask, um, is there any advice you have for a caregiver when they're reading a book out loud? Any tips to help them maybe read a little better or be more entertaining? Or <laughs> I, I think there's no pressure. I think it's totally fine. I think if you're reading, that is great. Have fun. If your kiddo is done, there's nothing wrong with that. Just close the book, come back to it another time, and maybe they never want that book again, and that's okay too. So mostly just have fun, and when they're really little, maybe you get a minute, and that's okay. Maybe you do a minute of reading five times a day. So it will develop over time, but there's no there's no pressure. It's just fun. Yeah. And I think selecting books that reflect their interests so there's some really surefire developmental stages that you can um, so for example a four-year-old is in high likelihood of enjoying trucks and cars and dinosaurs and impending doom (laughs) and humor because four-year-olds are just starting to figure out that people are funny Mm -hmm. and they love that where you know, a two-year-old 
really pointing at things and helping your kiddo be engaged in this story. So maybe you never read the words on the page, but you're like, where's the apple? How many spiders do you see? I'm not sure where spiders came from. Um, <laughs> but, you know, just kind of observing your way through the book is a really great, great skill because what we're trying to show children with great joy is how a book works. Are there any books that are always like a hit at story time? Or does it just kind of like vary? I think there's a lot of variety, and some of it is based on age. Um, so like Susan said, when you're reading to uh, preschoolers, uh, humor, uh, anything with underwear in the title, <laughs> is, you're going to win. Um, I love impending doom because we once they're of that age, we all relate to that, right? Like life is impending doom. <laughs> so reading about it is sort of like some therapy. So that one's always a good hit. Farm, I mean, farm animals, farm books, almost always a hit. When you're reading aloud to a large group of children, it's different than reading one-on-one. When you're reading one-on-one with your kiddo, you can... Um, pick longer books, maybe target what they like more. When you're reading with a big group, you really want uh, less text, big pictures, and I really like a good plot that's moving us forward because with a big group, you've got to keep everybody engaged. Um, When I do my yoga story times, I kind of do maybe a little more of a gentle read. So when I have a big group of toddlers, I mean, we're moving quickly through this book. We want a plot, and and then we're done. When I do a yoga story time, we're trying to be a little more mindful. So I look for different books. So kind of depending on why, which story time it is, and even who shows up. Lots of times I'll bring in a stack of books, and I'm like, who's here? And then you decide what you're going to read. Oh, what you said about, like, underwear reminds me of a book that came in. I, th- I think it was last year. Um, there's a bear on the cover, and it's like, who peed, who peed my pants? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what is this? I love this. Um, it is hilarious. We have that book at home, but Victor, my son, isn't quite nope. there yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 four or five probably mm-hmm. to yeah. get because mm-hmm. it's very subtle and it never tells you like who peed his pants but when you're five you can figure out who yeah. it was yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. we have another one I think it's by the same author that's uh, the author Steak by the way yeah mm-hmm. um, he's the main character is trying to do a silent book but none of the other animals are cooperating. They keep talking, so he keeps telling them to be quiet. Yeah, That's also a little about mm-hmm. my son's head. Yeah. But, you know, farm animals are awesome because, as Tammy said, you know, farm story times are so terrific. But farm animals in particular, when you make sounds with kids, it's so joyful for them and so exciting for them. And to be like, what does the pig say? And their little bodies are like, just like, cannot wait to be like, boing. And so um, it's really fun for them. It's a really, um, anytime you can get that, we call it dialogic reading, which is really fancy. But basically, you want to get that back and forth going. And that is when you build brains, you build neural connections and things like that. So, 
And it leads lovely right into a song. It Those are does. my favorite books when you're just like, all right, and now we're going to sing Old MacDonald How to Farm. So I love this. Yes, for sure. And also when you're singing those songs, um, often kids are, they have a very expansive view of farm animals. So, for example, T-Rex has sometimes appeared. And that's just a really great way to have fun. Have fun with words and language. Yeah, one thing I do a lot in my story times that I do is I'll take songs and repurpose them. <laughs> if you're happy and you know it is a great song to repurpose, yes, you can do so many things with it. Uh, just this last week, I did a story time where we did "If You're a Dinosaur and You Know It," and I had the kids tell me what dinosaurs do, and we did it with all the things dinosaurs do. Yes. It's great. I think awesome. that's the one song when I was doing story time that I could keep the beat and the rhythm and everything. Everything else, after the first lyric, I lost it. And I'd be like, all right, parents, caregivers, help somebody out here. Like, let everybody get up and sing this song. And I have to thank every parent and caregiver that came to my story times because they <laughs> saved me. I am not a singer. <laughs> but, you know, also the kids didn't care. No. Because I had fun with it still. Well, and I think we have this expectation of ourselves around singing, and I cannot sing to save my life, but I can sing if you're happy and you know it. The other thing I would say with littles is, um, you know, if you lose the tune and you don't sing if you're happy and you know it to the right tune, they really don't care. And in fact, they might think you invented a new song. So I, I, I think, you know, we all wish we were Beyonce and that we had this opportunity to, you know, impart this beautiful music on our kids. But they just love you and they want to hear your voice and they'll celebrate that. Unless you're my son, and then he tells me, don't sing. Oh. <laughs> but he's setting boundaries. Boundaries are certain. Yeah, he does this thing where, like, when he wants to sing something, he doesn't want me to sing it with him. Oh. He just has to sing it by himself. Acapella. Mm -hmm. And look at you listening. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I'm like, you don't get to tell me whether I sing or not. I'm going to sing anyway. Yeah. So I set my own boundary for him. <laughs> so speaking of songs, are there any songs you really recommend for people or places they could go to find songs that they could sing with their kids? Uh, so I think of two things when you say songs. One is just singing. And um, we kind of talked about that. Singing is lovely. You don't have to be a good singer. I am not a good singer. Maybe it's like math, how we all say we're bad at math and maybe we need to <laughs> shift the culture. I don't know. Um, I'm not a great singer. Kiddos don't care. Um, I know there's lots of scientific studies on singing. I don't know all of them. But think about how you feel when you sing in a group. Like, it just feels really good and connecting and it just has great, it's just great. Um, so sing, sing a lot. There's lots of kind of songs that are part of like our American culture, I guess. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Mm -hmm. If you're happy and you know it, Old MacDonald had a farm. The wheels on the bus. A lot of those, if we, you know, were raised in America, have heard those songs forever. And so lots mm -hmm. of us know that tune. If I learned a song when I was a kiddo, I can usually carry the tune. I have a really hard time learning new tunes as an adult. So I rely on lots of those songs. 
Um, but then you can also get, I just call it recorded music. And there's tons of great kids music out there. Like I used to think kids music is all painful, but it's not. There's a lot of really good stuff. It will get stuck in your head though. Mm-hmm. And you will sing it all day. So favorites that lots of Storytime librarians use are uh, Jim Gill has great stuff, Laurie Berkner, um, Raffi. They're great. And they have uh, a lot of songs that I like have, like, actions. So you've got a song. You can sing along usually because your child will want to listen to it 50,000 times. Mm-hmm. So you've got the recorded music. You can sing along. You don't have to really carry a tune. And then it has, like, dance instructions. So you can have your own dance party. It's just a win-win. Win. Yeah, absolutely. We have a really fun um, Zoom music and movement program. Mm-hmm. And um, so, of course, it's online. And Lara Burby does it. And I would just tell you that the music she introduces us to is like in my head forever and it's so awesome and amazing to listen to and not, um, I think if it's really annoying to you, then find someone else. Mm -hmm. So I love Elizabeth Mitchell for listening in the car um, because that can be a really great way to soothe an unhappy child is to, hey, let's sing this song together. Um, So that can be really fun as well. And then um, I really feel like Jim Gill's Jumping and Counting might be the finest piece of music ever produced. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm really sorry to say that because I'm a huge Bruce fan. But it's an exceptional song. So... I will say, too, for anybody that's looking for kind of music you wouldn't find in a lot of places, um, there's this great, it's a podcast, but it's actually a radio show Mm -hmm. called Spare the Rock, Spoil the Child, and they play just all sorts of, like, indie band children music. Yeah. It's fantastic. I've heard so many great things. I started playing it for my son, and I'm like, do you want to listen to your podcast? And he's like, yeah, let's listen to my podcast. (laughs) This is how I trick him into doing things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that when you think about, like, viral songs like Baby Shark, Mm -hmm. um, although I do understand parents' um, total anxiety about listening to that again and again and again, if you watch those viral videos, that the total visceral reaction by the kid up to that grandpa shark or daddy shark is you know magical so it's worth listening to one more time or you know 50 100 <laughs> 10 million, 10 million. Yeah. as an adult i actually really like baby shark because i grew up doing girl scouts and that was like our favorite song to do Aww. and baby shark has like way more actions like you go swimming there's a shark attack you get aimed by the shark and go to heaven um, so i feel like if you introduce more of those actions too it just makes it fun I would like to know more about getting eaten by a shark and going to heaven. (laughs) It's very cute. There's like a little shark. So you do like the shark attacks. You take your arms and then you stick out and you like do a shark attack around all your friends. And then um, like you 
like didn't survive. So you make like a little sad face and then going to heaven, you make a little like motion like you're going up to heaven. Very nice. Impending doom. (laughs) There's also a great version that one of the late night show hosts did that I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't remember which one, but he got like different celebrities to come in and sing versus a baby shark. And it's like kind of this cool, chill, like acoustic piano Mm -hmm. version of baby shark. Yeah. So if you need to switch it up a little, go find that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want to say James Corden just because he does so much music mm-hmm. stuff, but I am not certain that that's correct. So mm-hmm. it could have been a Jimmy Fallon thing. It could have been a Jimmy Fallon thing. Yeah. And that sounds like something the Roots would do. Yeah. And they play the little toy instruments. Yeah. <laughs> they have some really amazing songs that they play with kid all the instruments. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's really good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Spotify. Um, and they do have a free version, and of course there's ads, but you, you know, you can find so much good music there. But the other thing is, it directs you to more good music. Yeah. So. Speaking um, of Spotify, if you don't know, the library puts out Spotify playlists every month. A lot of them are aimed at kids. It's a great resource. Go check it out. Yeah. We also still have tons of like kids CDs on the shelves, well, mm-hmm. great kids music too, like a CD player. So, Story Time to Go is is my baby. I love it so, so much, uh, probably way too much. <laughs> but essentially, it is a story time in a backpack that kiddos can take home. And it has three books, a board book and a couple of picture books for the preschool backpacks and for the toddler backpacks it's just four board books or three board books excuse me um board books are so great because a lot of times as grown-ups we get really anxious about the way kiddos interact with book and board books are almost indestructible um and so they're really great for kids to to beginning listening and beginning reading with the board book is a lot of fun. Um, we also have, they, they come with like uh, a couple of manipulatives, which is a big old fancy word for like wrist belts or <laughs> shaker eggs or scarves. And then they also have uh, some kind of a educational activity slash toy that goes along with the topic. And so they are available at all 18 of our branches. Everybody has 10 of the preschool backpacks and 10 of the toddler backpacks. And I'm really excited to announce that we, uh, my boss and I worked really hard on a grant and we just received a grant to do Spanish story time to go bags. Yay! So, yeah, so we're very, very excited and we'll get working on that right away. And um, we're gonna start out at eight branches that have um, a very significant Spanish-speaking community. But generally speaking, we roll everything out to all of them. So in that one, um, we will have Spanish books and bilingual books for families. So we're really excited about that. So coming to you in probably 2023. That's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm and that was actually um, the awesome Allison Ralph who works here. 
she called me and she was like, why don't you have these in Spanish? Mm -hmm. And um, and when people tell us, give us good ideas, we try to listen. Are there any other resources available at the library for people to do story time that you want to make sure people know about? Well, we offer story time as hey. well. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> um, we offer story time on Zoom. Uh, you wouldn't think it works, but it works great. So it's really nice um, for any reason if you want to be able to do a story time at home. And it's live, so you interact with the, with the librarian. There's kids on their other little screens. So it's really quite fun, and we try to engage with the kiddos, get to know their names. We usually draw and show each other our drawings, all sorts of stuff. And then every branch, I think, offers live story times, live in-person story times as well. And the fun thing, there are many fun things, but one fun thing about coming to a story time is as a, as a caregiver, um, you can get some ideas. And we try to, um, a lot of the things we do are replicatable, right? We've read a book, you're at the library, you can check out a book. Um, we sing a song, you can sing a song. Um, we dance, things like that. So um, as librarians doing story time, we try to model ways that the caregivers can then go home and do it at home. And we encourage interaction with the caregiver and the child at story time. So you even get a little bit of practice. Um, and you can sort of tweak what works with your kiddo and what doesn't work as you have the librarian kind of guiding you. You can go home and... Um, we also have some specialized um, story time. So Miss Tammy does an awesome bedtime story time, which is really just a great joy of her life and also of the kiddos. Um, and Tammy also does yoga story time. We have a bilingual story time on Thursdays with Marissa and Miss Vanessa. And we also have bilingual story times in library branches. So be sure and look because we really love those fun programs. And it's a great way for families to get to know other people. Um, sometimes being at home with little ones can be a little bit isolating. And um, there's something very nice about being in a room with people that are experiencing your same challenges and your same um, experiences. Uh, and then music and m movement I mentioned before. So sometimes you'll find that your kiddo, you take your kiddo to a story time and it, it's just not a good fit. And what we would like to do is encourage you to explore any of these other options and then also don't give up. Come back again in a couple months my daughter, who I mentioned before, um, when I started taking her to story time the first time, she just had no interest whatsoever. She wanted to play with the kiddos. But a couple of months later, she was totally into it, and the kiddo on the front row raptly listening mm -hmm. to the librarian. And then the other thing I really want um, our community to understand is that our storytellers are awesome, amazing professionals. And if you have questions or you're looking for resources, they are so great to help you out. And if they can't, if they don't know the answer, they're also really great detectives and they'll figure it out and get back to you.
it's a, it's a great way to get support of being a parent. What was your favorite book as a kid? Uh, Berenstein Bears and the Get Along Gang, and that just aged me a lot. But <laughs> it's fine. The Berenstein Bears are eternal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And the Little Golden Books too. I had a ton of those. So. Do you remember, um, like, being a young child and just studying the illustrations? Like, I remember pouring over the illustrations. Um, one of my favorite books was called The Plant Sitter. It's by Gene uh, Zion. He wrote Harry the Dirty Dog, also aging me. But in The Plant Sitter, this kiddo, his parents didn't want him to babysit any animals, so he watched everybody's plants, but he did such a good job. They all, like, just multiplied, so he had a dream that the plants filled up his house and the walls fell down, and I remember just, like, looking at that, like, what would happen if that happened? I was probably five or six, so. Mine was definitely the Stinky Cheese Man. I remember loving those books, and I think, like, that was part of the reason that started my love for, like, fairy tales and, like, spooky Mm -hmm. stories and very, like, silly things. I have, I have like a lanyard that has pins and I usually wear like a stinky cheese man pin mm-hmm. and it's fun to have like kiddos come up to the desk and be like, that's from that book that I read the other day and to like have that little interaction with them. I also really like Chicka Chicka Boom Boom. I feel like that's just a classic, like no matter the age of the kids, like you can tailor it to their age, like their interests and they really like it. For sure. I'm going to talk about two. One I think is no longer in print. Um, it's this book, it was called Valentine Friends. Um, it's about two bunnies that are throwing, they're like best friends, and they're throwing a Valentine's Day party for like their families and this one boy that one of the two girls has a crush on. Um, and they, it shows them like making the invitations and making Valentines and delivering the invitations and they put them in like funny places. Like they tape the dads to his newspaper. <laughs> they tape, um, or no, they stick their little sister's invitation like in her toy box. Um, and then it shows the party and them like having fun together and it's just adorable it's like the one picture book I've held on to until I was an adult because I think if I get rid of it I'll never find it again (laughs) Um, but my other favorite is uh, Alexander and the Terrible Horrible No Good Very Bad Day because when I was a kid like everything if things went wrong things were so wrong and it was horrible and it was never going to be better and i really did that book so hard (laughs) so yeah those are those are my two well and such a great example of a book that that gave you skills to understand that bad days happen Mm -hmm. and that is such a such a gift for kiddos to be like, oh yeah, I'm not the only one. Look at Alexander. Um, you know, life is rough. I um, the first book I remember reading is Where the Wild Things Are, mm-hmm. and I remember turning the page at the end and just being devastated that it was over, and not at all understanding that his food was still hot meant that maybe he had fallen asleep. And I really think I was probably 10 before I had full understanding of what happened in that book. Mm-hmm. But um, my brother, for years and years, would re- would lean over and be like, I'll eat you up. 
<laughs> and, and it was just like such a part of our childhood and really an inventive time for picture books. The other book I have to just make you laugh about and is called The Lonely Doll. And it, it's written, um, the author's uh, last name is Dare. And I tried and tried and tried to find them from my memory and then my kiddos found them for me. And it is the creepiest, saddest <laughs> book. And it's like a doll that is posed. And and I, I just, I really, I'm so sorry for even saying it out loud, but I remember it so much. And I really, when Tammy talked about just examining the pages, and when it came, I was, I was just like right back there as a little girl just looking at this book about the doll. And it was in black and white photographs. So anyway, we could bring it back, but only for adults. It was way too scary for small children. But that was such a good one. But I fall in love with a new picture book every time I read one. You know, everyone is like, oh my gosh, this is the best one ever. It's true, there's so many good picture yeah. books out there. I always like to quote my niece, who would always say, Aunt Lily, this is going to change your life. <laughs> so now I tell people that <laughs> when yeah. I recommend books. This yeah. is going to change your life. Yeah. That's the best. Mm -hmm. That's like a gift when yes. a kid says that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now as an adult, I always find the weirdest picture books. <laughs> I did a, an evening story time a little over a week ago, like a week and a half ago, on cryptids. <laughs> oh, nice. So we had some books on the Yeti, some books on Sasquatch, <laughs> some books on the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> I, I may have a book that for my son that uh, has Cthulhu in it. Yeah. I'm it's making fun. him weird like me, it's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm from the Pacific Northwest and you cannot go wrong with Sasquatch. I just have very strong feelings about that. <laughs> It's true. The Sasquatch has been spotted here in Utah. And apparently we have a Loch Ness monster here too. It's uh, the Bear Lake monster. Yes. <laughs> the things I learned doing story time. <laughs> That's awesome. I think the reason you're successful in your story times with that is that kiddos love to watch grown-ups be joyful and excited and enthusiastic about something. I've, I've I have the opportunity to observe a lot of story times and I'll go and watch a story time and I'll be like, I love that book. I'm doing that book. And I cannot do that book <laughs> because it doesn't provide that same connection for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's so cool that you're doing that. You go, girl. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to October because I'm like, I've, Halloween is one of my favorite, mm -hmm. favorite holidays. And so I'm like, we're doing a zombie story time and a witch story time and a Frankenstein, I don't even know. I'm like, we're doing different monsters every week all through October because I can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you might find some kids that would love that throughout the year too. Like in May, if you did one all about like monsters, I think would be really fun too. Mm -hmm. Can find all the weirdo kids like me. Yes, <laughs> there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I find kids gen generally like monsters. Yeah. I think it's the 
the outside elements, you know, like outside the everyday, um, and it just boosts their imagination. They're like, mm -hmm. see, I, I can imagine that too, and I can, I, I can one-up it, and I can do this, and I can do that. And yeah, that's what I love. I love when you like finish a story and they're like, and then this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, and I find kids, like many adults, just like being a little scared sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, I've had several kids that'll ask me, like, where's, where's the creepy picture books? I need the creepy picture books. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, they're not super creepy, but let me show you what we have. <laughs> And then sometimes they're, they're disappointed. They're like, that's not creepy enough. I'm like, sorry. <laughs> it's funny because like sometimes it's like, it's not enough, not enough, not enough. And you're like, whoa, way too much. <laughs> Can't sleep for a week. <laughs> yep. But I mean, my, my sense of creepy is also really off because I've been into creepy stuff since I was really young. <laughs> so like, for example, like I, I watched the movie Coraline and like it totally didn't even hit me that that's a horror movie. <laughs> I was just like, it's it's dark fantasy. It's cool. What? Oh, I, I guess it is like body horror, buttons for eyes. Oh, well, okay. I'm gonna go <laughs> sit in my corner. That's, that's what those of us that work in libraries and love libraries and believe in libraries. That that right there encapsulates the awesomeness of the library experience. That, that a little kiddo can walk in and find Coraline, or a little kiddo can walk up to the info desk and say, I love dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Or, um, and, and that, that we can serve that need for their family for free mm -hmm. is su such a gift. And I feel so, I mean, this is very hokey, but it really is such a privilege to work with little kiddos. Yeah. I don't think it's hokey at all. Like, you're celebrating their passion and their yeah. curiosity. Yeah. Um, it's funny you mentioned dinosaur. Um, this was at a different library that I worked at, but a little kid came up and they're like, my favorite book has a blue dinosaur and I can't find it. It took me a while, but I found it. Uh -huh. We both did a happy dance. <laughs> it, it, just, it was just pure joy coming from yeah. him and like, I couldn't help but be happy to and dance. Yeah. Like we found the blue dinosaur book, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of easy in libraries to make people's day, yes. where in other occupations it's a lot harder. <laughs> but with littles, you can be like, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for being here today. What a treat. Thank yeah, you for thank having you. us. Thank you. <laughs> yes, it was great to get your expertise on this. Our, our all-knowing story time people. <laughs> um, and thank you everyone for listening. We will be back next month with a new episode all about Halloween. Halloween fun. We'll have some spooky shenanigans. Who knows what? We don't know for sure what yet. <laughs> but it will be Halloween. Um, we would love to hear from you all. Feel free to email us at shelvespodcast at slcolibrary.org. You can find new and old episodes of the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And that's it for today. Have fun. We'll see you next time. That's a story time. We always say. Bye-bye.